We all face some silent struggle, but trust me, you are not alone. I'm your host, MJ, and every week we break down a challenge, success, or struggle with someone who's also been through it. We learn from lived experience and love to share tools, resources, and concepts that might help you get off the struggle bus. Interested? Subscribe for more. Let's get into it. We're back. (laughs) We're here with CJ. Thanks so much for making the time to talk. Thanks, MJ, for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you, and hopefully you'll help other moms, parents, and everybody else who's tuning in to your wonderful channel. We share the struggle of being pandemic parents, having little ones during this crazy time. I had AJ December 22nd of 2019. And everything shut down my birthday weekend in March. I know that new moms and experienced moms both struggled during the pandemic because it was so out of the normal. It was intense. Like I had a very normal pregnancy. Um, JJ, lots of J's on this podcast today. Yeah, CJ, AJ, AJ, so many J's. Jay came out four weeks early. He was supposed to come at the end of March, came on March 4, and we got discharged from the hospital the first day there was a COVID patient in the hospital. So we didn't even know what to expect coming back home. We knew something was happening, but I didn't expect postpartum to be just me and Bob. I was with my ex-husband who was an essential worker. So I had a three and a half year old, basically a newborn. When it rains, it pours. My dad was going through cancer. So my mom couldn't be around even if the pandemic didn't happen, but definitely because I didn't have baby daddy around to give more support and just be a body. It was really hard. It was really difficult. It's like a shared trauma, like me and all my like parent friends. And I'm sure you felt this too. Was, it was just like this constant need for a primal scream. And I don't know whether you ended up being able to do that primal scream, but I found it in the car. I would just be like screaming, you know, and just to let out that like frustration. It was so traumatic because none of us could change it. Right. The world had right. shut down. Well, I think us discussing how we let it out is really important. You said you yelled and screamed in the car, and that is really important and an important outlet. I did mine in the shower. For some reason, the water is like a cleansing thing and washing away my bad vibes kind of thing. With the screaming and the tears when I'm out, I felt much better. I don't know, the release that comes with it, it almost let me like kind of get back to normal, but nothing was normal. I think my postpartum came out as rage and I didn't expect it to be like rage because I maybe expected some kind of postpartum, maybe sadness, whatever. But like I was so thrown off guard that it manifested as like rage at everyone and everything. You know what, MJ, thank you so much for being honest and and so open about how you felt to say rage. I feel like a lot of moms would feel guilty to say they got angry. 
And but you know what? It was completely mm-hmm. normal human feeling to get angry when everything is taken away from you. Your freedom to go anywhere, to socialize, to be around family, to go shopping, to go out and eat, play dates, all of those things were gone. And and it almost felt robbed from us, right? So when you get robbed, you get angry. Yeah. After the initial shock, you get angry. Exactly. Thank you for saying that because I felt a lot of intense anger and I didn't understand why I felt that way. But now looking back, I think it makes sense because everything was taken away from us. And like you said, nothing was normal for anybody and found their own way to cope and make it. That's all that matters. Whatever it took for you to make it, that's what you had to do. You know, there's no shame. It doesn't lessen the fact that I absolutely love my kid and absolutely love my family. And of course, I love myself, too. Motherhood's not supposed to be solo. It's not supposed to be alone. I think just in this country specifically, it's set up in such a way that mothers have to figure it out alone. And as I'm an introvert, and I don't necessarily like sharing space with folks, right? Inviting folks over is not necessarily my thing. But there came a time I was like, no, like my kids four months old and literally two people outside of me and Bob have met him. Right. I didn't even get to introduce him to my family really until three or four months in to the pandemic where we were like, are we going to take the chance and get sick? Yeah. What comes with that for the, on the child's end, they become very attached to the mother. With my sociology background, I'm still very fascinated with data and studies. And I read that about 70% of the pandemic kids have extreme attachment issues with their primary caretaker, which happens to be mom a lot. These are manifesting in, in signs of anxiety. And children, they don't show, they Mm -hmm. can't say, I feel anxious. I don't want to leave. It just all shows in tantrums, crying, which makes it even more difficult for us because we need them to go back to a daycare or preschool or just even being able to go to grandma, right? Um, Or aunt or uncle, whoever's visiting now. It would be nice for us to just pass over our child because we've had plenty of love time with them and to share that. But if they don't want to go to the new person, it makes it another challenge for us. We... Got him into daycare when he was a year and a half because we were like, we cannot be toddlers. (laughs) You can't just be around adults all the time. Even him acclimating to my family took some time because he was just so used to us. He didn't, like you said, didn't want to go to grandma or grandpa. Right. Through this time, was there some helpful advice that helped you get through? I didn't realize I was going through postpartum depression in the beginning, but once I started getting an inkling that I'm not being normal, even Mm -hmm. from what I figured with the pandemic happening, I just felt a sense of deep dread and Mm -hmm. guilt. So when I reached out to a more experienced mom, her best advice was take a look around. Is everybody okay? Are the kids fed? Is the house safe? If everything's good, it's okay to walk away. It's okay to use tools as well. 
everybody was using the screen. And that was something I needed to hear that it was okay to, in my mind, it was overexposing them to the screen, but it was for Mm -hmm. my sanity as well. I didn't take certain times of the day in my room to just regather myself and ground myself. It doesn't matter like how much guilt you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm such a bad mom for leaving. No, you're not. Your child is fed. They're safe. You know where they are. You deserve time to just be you for a minute so you can return to them as a better mom. Two things that you've mentioned. A safe place doesn't necessarily equal like sparkly clean place. When I was living by myself after my divorce, I was like, this is my apartment. This is my space. It's clean. As you know, having small kids, your place is never Never clean. clean. But even though there are toys everywhere, I know he's in a safe area. Being able to go into the car and have the primal scream that I need is liberating. I had to let go of the expectations from, you know, mom Instagram. Here's my perfect kid. Here's my perfectly clean house. None of that is normal. I was feeling a lot of guilt with sleep training too, because we have a one bedroom. He doesn't have his own bed and like we sleep with the kid. Mm -hmm. But honestly, like that has allowed us more sleep. Or you could get that rest in, that sleep in, do it. I never needed a nap until I had my first kid. Then I realized, man, I've been missing out on some important nap time my whole life. I didn't know I needed it so badly. (laughs) I do want to say one other tool I used is something that's really taboo in our culture still. This is my first time so publicly speaking about it. I do speak about this among my mom friends, whether they say they're struggling or not. Sometimes you don't want to express that you're struggling. So I just, with my friends, tell them, hey, I'm a 420 mom. I have been self-medicating before it was legalized. But since it's legalized, I have gone to my doctor and got my medical card. He agreed that I need cannabis for my anxieties. And my anxieties never exploded like it did during the pandemic. There's the whole, almost a ritual of smoking it, right? Preparing it and actually taking the time to smoke it. Then there's other ways you could ingest it with edibles if you don't like the smoke. And I said to my friends who don't smoke, try an edible. And it just kind of takes the edge off. It gave me the the opportunity to get a little silly with my kids. I really incorporated dance parties during the pandemic. And I actually continue to do dance parties in my house. I know we're talking about cannabis, but there's no shame in also getting prescription help from your primary physician Mm -hmm. or therapist. I needed both, actually. I did the cannabis thing and it was helping me a lot. And then, like you said, I started feeling some like intense almost like rage. I had to go to my doctor and get a prescription. So pharmaceutical and also natural flower, sometimes you need both. Thank you for sharing. 
all that. I know it is hard to talk about and there is a stigma that comes along with it, but happy to share that I am also a 420 mom and edibles have helped a lot because as I shared, I had so much postpartum rage working with my therapist. She led me to taking prescription pills. It almost made the depression worse. And it was really hard to engage as a person when I was on those pills. I did go through the levels of, I need to manage my rage through therapy. I need to manage it through prescription things. And it's just, it wasn't enough because we were going through trauma. Like, honestly, 2020 was trauma, especially for parents trying to navigate childcare and figuring out the world, right? Yes. And I mean, me as a new parent, like I had no roadmap. And then on top of that, I had no roadmap in a pandemic where there literally is no help. I'm just happy that we're able to now freely talk about being 420 moms. There's still a huge stigma, but I want to normalize it. Maybe it's because I'm Asian and maybe you'll understand this too because you're Asian, but we always try to go like the homeopathic way first. That's why I went the cannabis route first and I knew what to expect from it because I am more experienced. I've been self-medicating for a long time. And once I noticed that I needed something more, that's when I went to prescription. I know for the times I have gone on prescription, it was never long-term just because you're taking pharma, it doesn't have to be forever. My parent friends who also would share, I'm getting through it because I am smoking weed. (laughs) And people that I would have never expected to be doing it. And it it sort of opened my eyes of like, okay, it's not a terrible thing. It's not like I'm making my kid smoke weed. Like I don't do it in front of him. My kid will watch me smoke. I won't smoke around him, but he might be able to see me through the window while I'm outside. Or I might be cooking dinner and buy a fan by the stove while he's doing his homework in his room. I don't want it taboo because what's the difference between that and him watching me pour a glass of wine? Or I'm trying to normalize it. So I'm not making my kid smoke a joint with me, just like I would never let him have a glass of wine with me right now. But when he's 18, 21, and we're now adults, he can do whatever he'd like. And I might partake with him. I'm looking forward to that, actually. (laughs) Talk about a struggle bus, right? As parents, you always get the message that you're never enough. You're not doing enough. You're doing the wrong thing. That's taboo to do this or that. But at the end of the day, to your advice that you got, is the child safe? Are they fed? That's for me being the successful parent. Just as long as he has a roof over his head, he's fed, he's safe, he's happy, and I'm not doing harm to him, it's a win for me. Every mom is winning every day. I read this little meme on Instagram, and it says something very simple like, be the woman that encourages other women so that we as a whole can be strong. If you see a mom struggling with her toddler, maybe give her a smile instead of snarking at her. I've gone by moms and said, I understand you're doing a great job and I walk away. That's it. Sometimes that'll make me cry when somebody does that. You know what? 
I never cried so much in my life since the pandemic. I become my mom where now a, a little word or a little picture can make me cry. I'm feeling deeply for these things. I feel deeply now for other moms. Before I was a mom and I see a woman struggling with her toddler, I would literally say to myself, that wouldn't be me, not my kid. I assume this is something that started from home, but it's not. These children come out with their own personalities, with their own struggles and their own strengths. None of them came with a manual. It's nice to recognize the shared struggle in parenting during this time. And I am sure there is a group of 420 moms here in Jersey that we just don't know about and they need to be our friends. <laughs> it's always been fun just sharing our experiences as moms together. The first time we met, we were on the rooftop of our mutual friend's son's birthday. The kids are getting antsy and I looked at you and you looked at me and you know, we just kind of gave this nod like we understand each other. <laughs> And that was enough for me to come up to you, an introvert, right? And I'm more extroverted. I'm actually forced to be an extrovert because I just want to feel like there are more people out there like us. It takes one to know one. I knew you were feeling the way I was feeling and you knew I was feeling exactly the way you were feeling. I was so glad to come up to you and say, hey, I understand. <laughs> And I really hope you're a 420 mom. I really was just so open to just be like, hey, I really hope you're a 420 mom. So thank you for your friendship. And thank you for your friendship. No, seriously, it's been so refreshing to make a new friend past post-pandemic. <laughs> Finding your people is so essential. I'm in this chapter of my life, almost like speaking new friends into existence. There's just this energy that I've needed for so long, and I didn't know how to find it. And I believe the pandemic also gave us a clear idea of who are actually in our circle, right? Mm. The people we thought would be in our circle to the people just a little outside our circle, who actually stepped up and said, hey, I'm still here, I still care, the pandemic's over, let's go out to lunch, let's grab coffee. I've lost a lot of people. I've lost a lot of people that I thought were in my circle. Even going through that during the pandemic, it hurt because there are people that they didn't even call to see like, hey, are you okay? Are you alive? You know, it was yeah. really scary in the beginning. You didn't know who was who was going to make it and who wasn't. I was really surprised. I do believe that people come in for a reason or a season. You learn, you grow. But during the pandemic, those seats, those spots have opened up for me. And I didn't know who was going to take the spot next. I didn't know how I was going to fill those spots. You go with your intuition. I believe we're just very intuitive to begin with. But once you become a mom, you become this supernatural being and you have extra superpowers like reading people on a different level. So yeah, I read you that day and how you read my energy that day, I think says it all. The first two years of JJ's life, I think I completely lost myself. This podcast is actually me processing 
because my therapist has said I process things by talking it out loud. What better way to schedule an hour to talk with a friend and actually have a conversation versus an interview? And I think that's what I'm trying to accomplish with this because it is a struggle bus going from scarcity to abundance. <laughs> I think every woman um, processes things through verbal. There's just a very big distinction between men and women and how they handle certain things. Men literally want to work it out, like physically work things out. And women need to just talk it out and we don't need you to fix it. We just need to just figure out what are we feeling right now and how are we going to handle it. When you're venting to a friend, you're also in a way inviting them to advise you, not tell you what to do, but through maybe their own experience, you're going to take a little bit here and apply it there. Um, that's why women need women. Women really need other women. And I never felt that more than after this pandemic, because I was around so much testosterone (laughs) that I knew I needed some more feminine energy around me. What I found out is you really have to put yourself out there to find the right type of group for you. You don't have to be all best friends. The thing that I was trying to do is find a studio to do something physical. I went to a yoga studio and I tried their free class. I liked the class enough to buy a package, a 10 session package. And after the 10 sessions or not even, I was like halfway through my like five sessions in and I was like, you know what? This yoga studio is not for me. It's not the yoga, it's the people. And it's not that they were mean or catty or anything. It's just the vibe was off. I wasn't myself. I was enjoying the movements of the yoga, but I didn't feel 100% comfortable of where I was trying to heal. I could have stopped right there and be discouraged. It did take me a couple of months to go back out there and look for a new studio I did the same thing. I took their free class to see if I just liked the class. And I did. And I bought a package. And I wanted to buy another package. And I wanted to buy another (laughs) package. And I said, you know what? This is my place for now. I don't know anyone's, I know, I don't know anyone's names really, but I say Mm -hmm. good morning. I say good afternoon. We chit chat. And what I feel about this group of women, um, is that we're all there for the right reasons. We're there for us and we're there to encourage each other too, you know? Maybe not so much verbal, but our energy is encouraging. Yeah. Get back on the horse and find what works for you. Find a place that you can feel more comfortable being yourself. What a great message to end on. It's like doing the thing for yourself because you are worth the time for yourself. Find yourself first before having kids. It's really hard to find yourself after you have kids. You never stop growing as a person, but you really need to know how to take care of yourself and put yourself first before kids. Because once you have kids, everything that you've trained yourself to do to take care of yourself goes out the window, but your mind doesn't forget and your body doesn't forget. So... You need to remember those things after you become a mom 
and go back to those things that you used to do for yourself that worked. That's such great advice. And I didn't even realize that's what I've been doing. Like this past, like reconnecting back to myself, I'm getting closer and closer to how I felt after my divorce from my first husband, where I had a year and a half period where I was like solo girl living in New York City, right. empowered, super healthy. And now I know it's a lot slower pace, but we're getting there, right? And I'm finding my people along the way getting my health back along the way. Of course, some setbacks, right? Hurting myself in December and some stuff, but we're getting there. We're getting off the struggle bus. And how special is it that you're able to join us for this season? And thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, MJ. It was so much fun. I appreciate <laughs> you giving me this platform. Yeah, of course. And I can't wait to circle back to other conversations because there will be more, because <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. I'm actually trying to not talk too much and go into too many avenues, because you and I, we could just talk for hours and hours about our life experiences. Maybe we'll save that for another podcast. I love speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time today. And thanks for dropping all the tips. <laughs>